Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Um, it's after West Ham got kind of just really just rolled over fairly straightforwardly. Um, 2-0, Mo Salah penalty. Everybody complaining that Div Ockery was playing for some reason. I don't know. It seems seems we're running out of things to complain about. Um, but uh, he won the penalty. Salah stuck it away. Oxley Chamberlain gets off the mark in the league for the first time in a while. The great breakaway goal, and it's 2 0, and it's 19 points clear. And to discuss 19 points clear and the absurdity of this Liverpool team at the moment, I have Chengis Gokery over in Cyprus. Chengis, how are you doing, sir? Over the moon, mate. Absolutely over the moon. And yourself? Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm um, just coming to the realization that this team, well, I. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of looking at numbers and and things, and I'm just thinking this is just absurd. It's it's not normal. It's and that we 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 need to stop stop pretending that it is, and and stop talking about it like all oh, Liverpool just went and won again, because it's it's not normal. So anyhow, yes. Also to discuss how not normal this Liverpool side are. Could Neil Patterson out in Berlin, Chief? How are you doing, mate? Yeah, yeah, well, I would say I'm on cloud nine, but I suppose I should say I'm on cloud 19. Oh, very good. <laughs> oh, very uh, droll, sorry, Chief. Yeah, sorry about oh. that. I had to drop that one in there. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, the, the, I'm all good, the, as you the, rightly say. It's, it's, uh, it's not normal, so just to discuss the, the mentally abnormal Reds, let's, uh, let's get into it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's it. So, um, so I guess we... We kind of debated what what the change would be. Um, Mane obviously missing out. We know it's going to be after Norwich before he's back, but thankfully before before Atletico, um, all being well. And big Devok drops in, does a decent job. Um, they they show little bits and pieces on the break, a couple of decent chances, but nothing that you would say clear cut and you know we make a few good chances we get the penalty Robertson should maybe maybe do better with one um, and after the penalty we we kind of start to take it away from them and and, and then there's there's a great breakaway goal um, I saw a statistic from from um, Baba Yagu as, as people will know him um, that we're, we're three times more likely to, to score a goal from defending a corner than concede one. So maybe we should just start kicking the ball out behind our own goal line. Um, but we, we just kind of took it away from them after that. And, you know, from probably start to finish, it's just another one of those games that he's just watching it and thinking that this team isn't even, probably isn't even going to concede, never mind score or never mind lose. Absolutely. I mean, it's... Well, firstly, it, it, it was the perfect game to kind of describe as um, your routine win, if you like. Um, game didn't start off at the highest tempo, but um, we, we were always kind of a threat um, uh, in and around their box. And obviously, um, uh, Big Divi uh, gets taken down and uh, Mo scores the first uh, penalty, which was a brilliant penalty. Um, but it was just really... Uh, kind of controlled, um, and it just reminds you that you know this team is um, an absolute machine. You know, it, it's not even uh, kind of worth discussing. You know, if if you have even your uh, possibly your best player of the season in Mane um, dropping out, you know, who replaces him? You know, it, it does Minamino um, get a future, or does Divock start? Do you uh, put Salah up front and maybe Ox on the wing or whatnot? doesn't really matter what kind of um, formation you use or what personnel is coming in because, you know, uh, the reason why uh, we've played 19 games, uh, we've beaten 19 teams, we're 19 points clear, and we're on our way to number 19 is because the team and the unit itself is just so um, unbreakable. Whatever personnel goes out and whoever comes in, uh, it just doesn't change anything, uh, you know, and, and it's been... 
the key to this has just been um, pretty much consistency, starting from uh, the beginning of the season when we lost Allison to I don't know how many uh, games, and Adrian comes in, does a great job, uh, wins the Super Cup, uh, keeps many clean sheets, and uh, you know many players coming in and out. Jo- uh, Joe Gomez had uh, had had so many problems with injuries, and then he comes back. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about him in a bit more detail um, later, but um, he comes back and um, he has a fantastic um, uh, record now uh, since coming back. I think it's eight goals conceded in his last um, 30, 35 Premier League appearances or so on. Um, so it's just um, this, uh, literally the, uh, this Liverpool machine where um, we're just not being able, uh, we're just not able to be stopped by anything or anyone uh, that comes in our way. Uh, and just what a time to be um, a Liverpool fan. Um, I, I thought collectively uh, we looked great. As you mentioned, uh, Robertson maybe should have got um, uh, that goal. And it was funny, he posted in his, uh, I think in his Instagram saying that, you know, he, he, he uh, took like a screenshot of when he uh, dinked it over the goalkeeper and said, I'm going to tell my kids that this one went in. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, it was nice to see um, Chamberlain uh, get back on the score sheet. Um, and yeah, it's just brilliant that, you know, how many times have we seen now that um, we concede a corner and then um, from one end to the pitch, um, within a matter of seconds, uh, we get a, we get a brilliant goal. So, uh, you know, whatever, t- whatever teams try and do, whether they park the bus or uh, utilize set pieces, corners, or whatever they try and do, we somehow manage to find a way. And it's incredibly encouraging. Um, the only kind of, uh, the only kind of sense that I'm feeling right now, which is very strange for a Liverpool fan. I've never, you know, at least since my, uh, fanhood, I've never really felt this way before while watching games is, you know, you can just sit back, you know, stretch your legs, if you're watching at home, um, sip on the beer. You know, even if you concede a goal, you won't be you won't be pissed off or anything. Uh, it's just complete calmness from uh, kickoff until full time. Whereas, you know, um, a few years ago, I was kind of worried about my health. That um, if I, um, the more I continue watching Liverpool, I'll probably um, shorten my lifespan by a year with every single game that I watch. Um, but yeah, hopefully now um, uh, things are things are definitely becoming more stable, uh, and I'm really looking forward to the the next upcoming is it 14 games or so. But hopefully uh, we should achieve our goal uh, much sooner than 14 games. Yeah, it's chief. It's 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 looking well. It has kind of looked inevitable now for for a number of weeks. Some might say a couple of months, um, but it, it it is a, it is a matter of when. This is this is now the conversation. Um, there is no there is no whiff um, of the word if anywhere. Um, it's just when. You know, it, it, it's it's but but the the fact that we're here now, the fact that we're here, all all the numbers tell you that. The other, the other nineteen teams are are performing at, at you know in and around the average of of the last twenty years of the Premier League. So everything else is normal. You know, the only thing that probably outside of us, the only thing that isn't normal is, is probably Man City's performance based on their last two years. But um, it, again, it, it's reverted to mean. But like, how, how does how does this keep happening? We nearly scored from a counter-attack after Trent hit his own post. <laughs> that was one of those mental passes of play I've ever seen. You know it's bizarre. And we kept the ball for ages afterwards. You know what's hilarious? That What's amazing, though, is Van Dyke's calm in all of that. Like <laughs> Trent's just wound one off the post. And it, he did, it comes back there and he plays a one-touch cushion <laughs> pass to somebody and we start a break. Mental. How does he, how he does that? How he anticipates it's coming at him off the post? You know what I mean? Is is unbelievable. How he reacts to it, what he does, is class. Yeah, and the next person that gets the ball, there's no panic. There's no get rid of it. There's no. 
as there normally is when you almost concede a goal. It's just anywhere. Do you but, know it was so? It was so. It happened so fluidly and fluently. It was almost like Trent was kicking it off the back backboard in fives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. Um, it was absolutely bizarre. But that just just show that for me that whole passage of play is and Trent. Trent does that almost because he's too relaxed, you know. Yeah, he is. I, I think he's trying to put it out for a corner. No, yeah, yeah. He's trying to put it out for a corner, but he's just like, I'll just say for this out. But you know, as you say, it's nearly the most spectacular on goal you've ever seen. Absolutely. But that would have could, would and could have been the only way that uh, West Ham were going to score last night because they offered absolutely nothing. They 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 absolutely moisted and they settled. They absolutely settled for a two 0 beat, probably probably before we even kicked off. But a hundred percent, they settled for it with at least as soon as the second went in. You know, um, there was no fight there at all. And for a team that really needs to pick up some points from anywhere, I don't think they can actually pick and choose because they're um, they're in big trouble. Their fixtures are are not good in the in the in the, in the uh, foreseeable future. Um, Although they do have the the bonus of or the the one silver line, and I suppose that the Fabianski's back and he he could make the difference. Because uh, we, we talked about that Andy Robbo one, I actually think uh, Fabianski does really really well there. He, that Robbo does. Yeah, he stays uh, up for a long time, doesn't he? Yeah, he doesn't. Robbo doesn't really have the angle. He narrows the angle brilliantly when you see it on super super slow mo, whatever it was, when they really slowed it down. The only way Robbo could actually have scored is if he. would Clipped it like that, but with the outside of his foot, so the spin had come back in. But even a straight clip wasn't going in there because yeah, he's, he's so yeah, he's so little to hit, he's so little to aim at. Absolutely. So and he makes um, another couple of good saves there. One, one, one from Origi, a brilliant save I thought from Firmino's chance where he swivels on it about eight yards out and he, he gets down so fast and pushes it around the post. How he gets down so quickly is mental. It's a brilliant save. Um, and to be fair, actually, now that I think about it, Allison actually made a couple of saves, so I suppose West Ham must have had a, a couple of shots. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, I, th- I suppose they had a little bit more of a go in the last 15 minutes, perhaps, but apart from that, they were they were pretty shocking. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, the other teams are, are scoring normally. Leicester City are played 24 points, 48, and they bang on two points a game. They're sitting in third, three points behind City. As you rightly say, City have reverted to mean after having a couple of sensational seasons, and Liverpool have, have just taken what they did last season and raised it to a whole new level. You're looking at it, play 24, 123, drawn one, 456 against 15, it's it's unbelievable. Fifteen wins in a row. Um, it's 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 never been done before. Quite literally, never been done before. And if they continue at this rate, every week you're going. Um, we talked about it a few weeks ago about the maximum points they can get. I think is 112. And us going at that time. Well, we're now. Of course, we're not going to win them all. Like it's ridiculous. But like every week, it's another one in the win column. And who who's stopping us at this point? So um, you know, fair play to them. Hopefully, they can they can keep it going uh, even after the the league is mathematically secure. I don't think from this position, as as you alluded to earlier, I don't think we're being too cocksure to to talk about it as if it's a, a done deal. Um, but I hope we can keep that intensity going and really lay a marker down because this team does deserve to to properly make history. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Um, that's I, I'm not. We're not going to go into, it, but that's partially my frustration around around the FA Cup and the decision that the club has made. Um, that I want that too because I'm just yeah. a greedy ba- I'm just a greedy bastard, and I want it all. And this team deserves to win it all, and this team deserves to go the season unbeaten, to win a treble, to retain a Champions League. To be to be world to be everything to have won everything apart from that league cup and then we'll be able to point it and go well you know what do you want to do they made us play in two competitions at the same time with the pick one um, well that's it I mean you want you 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 want to dispel any possible chance 
of anyone being able to use this line, which people are, are bandying at the moment, that it's a, it's a very weak league and Liverpool are only doing so well because it's a weak league. Well, 112 points and um, a Champions League and an FA Cup. Well, you can't really. Nobody can really could could really throw that particular rock at you because you you just turn around and go, "Aye, well, what about the other competitions? What about this? What about that?" That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And you know, then then this team will be talked about for decades for, for- to come, decades and decades, and held aloft amongst all of those other you know mythical teams, Christ Dream Team, and. Um, you know, Asaki's Immortals and, and and Arsenal's Invincibles, if if you want, um, and they will. So, anyway, let's part part of the part of the success. You know, certainly you mentioned the earlier on. Tengus has been been Joe Gomez. Um, he's come in and he's immediately shored things up at the back. You know, not that we were not that we were particularly leaky. Earlier on, you know, I think we've only conceded more than one goal once. Um, and that was Everton when we won 5-2. But Gomez and Van Dijk have, they seem to have just this brilliant, they're both individually fantastic players and both individually have all of the attributes that, that we need based on how we play. You know, they're great one-on-one defenders. Their recovery pace is fantastic. You know, Van Dijk's certainly much stronger in the air than Gomez, but and, and both of them, both of them can play, both of them can pass, long and short. Um, but they just seem to have this brilliant understanding. They complement each other wonderfully. And you can see how how they cover in behind each other. Um Gomez starting to pick up those traits of of just just shepherding people at high speed to where he wants them to be. And, you know, that that looks like that could be that could be something that you just point at for for the next five years and go, just don't ever change that. Absolutely. I mean, um, well, firstly, um, it's kind of it's kind of boring to constantly heap praise on Van Dyke, but it's kind of um unavoidable if you like because you know there, there was a period this season where um, Dan Lovren was um, next to Van Dyke and we're really happy with that partnership um, you know Lovren um, was kind of like the more um, aggressive type um, partner to Van Dyke and then Matip obviously we all know uh, what a great defender he is you know um, uh, he's as tall as Van Dyke um, I, I think and uh, also really good in the air, very very good dribbling wise and driving forward with the ball. Um, also, you know, using his height really well. Uh, but Joe Gomez is kind of um, more different to um, your Lovrens and your uh, Matips. And as you say, they they kind of uh, they're really compatible with each other. The the the, the sheer pace of Gomez, um, and uh, as as you mentioned, the way he's able to shepherd. Uh, uh, players into the areas that he wants and just uh, use his explosive pace as um, an extremely uh, valuable tool uh, for the team uh, considering, you know, um, since how, how how well the team functions as a unit um, and especially how um, uh, positionally aware um, every single um, individual is, um, you'd think that the, the best way or the, the highest chance that you could um, somehow find a way to get past um, the team and or, or the defense and score a goal as an opposition is, you know, uh, people talk about always, you know, uh, Trent is brilliant going forward, but he's not the greatest defender. So that people try and target him. But what, what they forget is that even if you get past Trent, who's actually quite good defending, uh, in my opinion, um, you have the uh, factor of Joe Gomez, who is, um, our right right sided uh, center back, and he has incredible pace. So even if you get past Trent, um, there's still the obstacle of Joe Gomez there, who uh, will definitely match you for pace, um, whoever you are. So it's just brilliant to you know have um, uh, all these sort of different um, uh, center back options, all with different qualities. But it's it's still important to remember 
um, that you know if if you look um, uh, the uh, the game against Shrewsbury where it was Lovren and um, Matip, they didn't really uh, perform together um, at, at the required levels. Um, I, I wasn't particularly happy uh, w- with their performance um, playing together. But uh, you know, when, when any one of them plays next to Van Dijk, it's a whole different story. Uh, but I don't want to take anything away from um, Joe Gomez because you know, especially um, after the the tough season he had um, in, in the in the first part of the season in 2019 and also with all that happened uh, with the England camp and uh, when he lost his confidence he was fit but he couldn't really get into the team I think now it's going to be um, it's not going to be very easy for um, Matip and Lovren to um, um, get back into the team unless uh, something happens to Joe Gomez and you know he has age by his side um, he's very popular in the camp um, he, he's really young and it's, 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 it's scary to think that you know um, how good can he be when he actually reaches uh, the age of Van Dyke? You know, it's uh, he he hasn't really even uh, fulfilled his potential, uh, nowhere near um, his potential, and he he still has room for improvement, and he's only going to get better. So it's just brilliant to um, have these sort of players um, uh, within the squad who are not only brilliant right now, but they even have uh, still a, a ceiling that they. Uh, that they're uh, going to be reaching in the next couple of years. So absolutely brilliant to have these sort of players in the team. Yeah, absolutely. And Chief, you know, Gomez, it's actually pretty rare that you see a player, a young player, picked up from a championship or a League One side by a Premier League team at, at, was was it 16 maybe? Gomez was picked up and... There's a, a fair bit of clamour around him. And you know you're not going to see him for a few years. But then they actually do break through and actually then start to exceed even the expectations that the most optimistic fan would have had of them. And if we cast our minds back to the summer, there was loads of clamour about should we sign Delete when he became available and why don't we? Well. I think looking at Gomez's form, as good as Delete may or may not be, now I have heard rumours that he has been referred to as the uh, the Dutch Phil Jones in, in Syria. Oh, really? Yeah, I've heard he's not having the best the best time out there. Um, there is a compliment, Dave. What a compliment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, yeah, apparently, apparently he's, he's, not, he's not quite where they expected him to be. Um, I have as well? I don't know. I mean, he does have a similar physique to Phil Jones. I would say maybe even to Harry Maguire. But um, regardless of of delete, it, it just goes to show. You know, if if you're the best defender in the world, if you think you're the best defender in the world outside Liverpool, if you're the best def- if you're the best defender in the Premier League outside of Liverpool, whoever that may be, and their arguments here, there, and everywhere, they're not getting the game ahead of Joe Gomez, Chief. No. And he's 22. Well, I, I mean, that was it. I mean, but the signing of, of talking about signing Delit or another top quality centre back, that was always going to be a question because we didn't know and we don't know still with Joe Gomez injury wise. I mean, the, the top, the number one thing for him and how he, uh, the most important thing for him is, is to stay injury free for a whole season. And then two seasons, and show that he's over that sort of um, a big injury every every six months kind of thing. Uh, but when he, you know, when he's come into the team, uh, both seasons, both the start of last season, where he played for the first, I don't know, 15, 16 games, and now this season since uh, Matip's injury, he's been immense. And you know, I think there is a, something to be said about. Uh, playing beside Van Dijk, of course, could even Cengiz referenced it a minute ago that both those defenders who looked like a couple of comedy clowns against Shrewsbury both played very, very well against Van Dijk every time they play with him. Um, notwithstanding Lovren's odd brain fart, you know, that, that goes with the territory. Um, but generally, his performance is much, much better when beside Van Dijk than it has been when paired with any other defender that he has been over his Liverpool career. 
So I don't know how the partnership of what I'm trying to say is that I don't necessarily know how the how the Gomez Matip or Gomez Lovren partnership looks, uh, but certainly the Gomez Van Dyke partnership is is special. It's also exceptional. When you look at it, um, it's I think eight Premier League games, one goal conceded. Is that right? With those two at the back. Um, yeah, the numbers, the numbers of Van Dyke and Gomez versus Van Dyke and either of the other two, they they're not even comparable. They're not comparable at all. And that was a thing, you know. Everyone said last season when Matip came in after the Gomez injury, how brilliantly he did and how he nailed down that place, and that's right. But the one that he really fought off was Lovren, uh, because Gomez Gomez couldn't play; he was injured, he was out. But his what you did notice was we went from not conceding any goals or barely conceding any goals to to regularly conceding at least one goal in a game, but we never looked like uh, we we never looked shaky at the back or anything. But we weren't keeping the same number of clean sheets. wasn't wasn't even close. And it's it's the same again now. We start off this season. Everyone's going, oh, it's a bit shaky. Are Liverpool playing higher because of VAR? Is it you know have they abandoned defending? Uh, are they trusting too much in one on one because we're conceding goals and we're winning two one? Then Matip gets injured and Lovren, you know, can come in and and we we end up with Gomez again, almost by default because he's he's kind of fourth choice again at this stage because of the bad luck that he had last season of, of dropping out and then both the others kept coming in and doing well. Um, so. In a kind of weird way, we've injured our way back to our best center half pairing, and um, it well, that, but that does go to that. That is that is just atypical of of Klopp's um, management style of meritocracy, though. Well, that's you it. know, that's probably that you, that you're just yeah, you're just gonna have to wait your chance, and it will come. And if you get your chance, and you take your chance, you'll keep the shirt. And that was even that was even um, the case for Day Down Lovren. Hundred percent. But Gomez knows yeah. now if he comes in, he keeps his levels high. He'll keep he's, the shirt. And what? A, yeah. And what an incentive that is for a player to come out and perform every single week. Listen, it's 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 very very seldom that you get a defensive unit that's as solid as the back five is when it is the first choice back five at the moment, which includes Gomez, Van Dijk, obviously, the two full-backs and, and Alisson, they are rock solid. That's one goal in eight Premier League matches. That's not normal. And that's not at the beginning of the season. You can't say it's a fluke. It's, you know, it's it's come in the middle of the season. It's come finally when those five are, are playing consistently together because at the start of the season, we had the chop and change. You know, we had Alisson out for the first however many games, which Cengiz referenced. Um, Matty was in, then he got injured, and so on and so on. So now we're at this back five, and they're they're rock solid. It, it's brilliant, and you know Joe Gomez keeps injury free. Um, he's got so much time on his side that by the time he's like twenty five, he keeps learning off Van Dijk. He, he could be he could be England's best centre back by some some distance. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Um, when it comes to the Euros, if he's going to get the nod, if he's going to be in the squad, if if his little thing with Sterling is, you know, meant, you know, means that Gareth Southgate has has issues picking them both in the squad, and if so, who who loses out? Probably at this stage, you would say Joe Gomez. But you, you look at that England team; there is not a better centre back in a better English centre back at the moment than than Joe Gomez. No, I, I feel there's only one better centre-back in the league at the moment than Joe Gomez and he's the fellow playing beside him. Beside him, exactly. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, um, it, it's it's a platform that, that most teams can go and, and deliver on. Um, That's it. Zero goals. I mean, 24 games played, 15 goals conceded. That's... Yeah, but that doesn't even tell, that doesn't even tell the Van Dijk-Gomez story. It, no, it no. doesn't, you know. Um it's as as Shengis mentioned earlier on, it's eight goals conceded in thirty-five matches. Yeah. It's 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 abnormal. You know, it's it's not you know, you think at some point it might have to revert to the mean, but if you look at them, that's thirty-five games actually spread over two seasons. So yeah. 
you know, it's yeah. not, you can just say it's a fluke and when, when, when the, when the armor's broken, then it'll crack and that'll be that. Yeah. And you can't say that there's, you can't say that there's, you know, the team's form or, or, or other elements of, of playing, playing staff differentiated in between those periods of time. It's those two are the constant. Yeah. And it's noticeable we do, we just don't concede. And it's not that we necessarily defend flawlessly. We don't. But like you said, their their pace, their their ability to defend one on one, the recovery pace to get them out of situations, their reading of the game and a little bit of luck means that they just do not concede goals. We do not concede goals when they when they when they start at the back together. Yeah. Yep. So if you know if you're not going to take goals you have a good chance but a fella giving us a chance at the other end of the pitch at the minute um, Salah seems to seems to be finding that little groove again I think you know his, his pass to Chamberlain is his pass to Chamberlain's phenomenal um, for the goal um, it's absolutely gorgeous Um and you know he's unlucky with the one that hits the post. He should maybe score with the header. I think the header might actually come from when Trent hits the post. If I'm right, I'm not sure. Um, but he he really influenced that game um, more so than than we've seen him influence games. You know we've seen him on the periphery and adding add numbers and and you know popping up and do great bits and pieces that will result in a goal but he influenced that game from from start to finish and i wonder did he sometimes you see this different mané when when Salah's not on the pitch um i think you do i think mané seems to step it up a level certainly by, with terms of responsibility and i think i saw similar from Salah at West Ham, where he just seemed to take that additional burden on his shoulders and go and really drive the team forward from the front. Um, I think you make a good point there, actually. Uh, I didn't really think about it that way until until you just said that. But um, it was funny because when I was watching the game, um, what minute was it when he scored the penalty? 32, 33, some, some, somewhere around the first... Yeah, two. somewhere in the half-hour mark. Yeah. So until the, until the, until the half-hour mark, I was, I was complaining a little bit. I was saying, oh, you know, what's happening with Mo? He's always falling on the floor. I know they're doubling, tripling down on him. But, you know, I, I just thought that he wasn't really showing um, enough strength and enough creativity. And then all of a sudden... You know, after he gets his penalty, I don't know if that was a a factor. You know, a, a boost in his confidence or something. He was all over the pitch afterwards. Um, you know, he showed um, immense work rate. He was defending. Uh, he was dropping all the way back um, uh, to the penalty uh, area. Um, he was playing passes. He 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 started. Um, uh, you know, he was really unselfish, especially in the second half. With how he was trying to um, uh, play in his teammates, um, you know, always trying to pick out the pass. You know, he did show his typical um, um, mo moments, if you like, where you know he tried to take he tried to take that first shot, came off the wall, tried his second shot with the right foot, came off the wall, and then he ran into the wall. Um, but yeah, he he could have perhaps done uh, better with the header as well. But overall, he really did make me um, eat my words afterwards. Because at the end of the game, it was actually a brilliant performance by him. And uh, you could argue that <clears throat> with my not being there, um, he did actually step up a bit. Because uh, when you think of it, since um, I actually think that Mane is um, probably a better dribbler of the ball, um, um, especially since the start of this season. Um, and he, he, he gets the ball quite often. Um, and does good work with it. And, you know, he always has a good chance of scoring, uh, Sadio Mane. But, you know, now, when, you know, when he's um, out injured, um, Mo probably knows that he's going to get a bit more of the ball uh, than uh, when Mane is playing. And so uh, then he can be a bit less selfish, knowing that he'll get more of the ball, play in his uh, teammates a bit more and show um, his true strength to the team because he probably doesn't want to be um, um, out of the limelight, um, if you like, because 
you know, he's a he's a very popular figure. People expect a lot from him. Uh, there, he, he he's probably the, the 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 one guy who has the most pressure um, on his shoulders um, in the whole squad, um, and he's probably um, the the most highly followed uh, figure in um, uh, possibly in the Premier League at the moment. So. Um, I, I think he's done incredibly well considering how much pressure he has also with the national team uh, from um, everywhere in the Middle East uh, when we were playing in the other competitions, whether it was the Super Cup in Istanbul when I was there, there was uh, the stadium was, uh, I don't know, 60,000 odd people in the stadium, more than half, maybe 40,000 people were all uh, Middle Eastern fans all there to see Mo Salah, you know, going to the Club World Cup. Um, all the cameras were on him. You know, he, he won the um, uh, the player of the tournament tournament award. Of course, he did. You know, I, I mean, there's always focus on him. He's always under the under the microscope, um, and he's expected to perform. And I think he's done exceptionally well, considering. You know, he came. Uh, uh, he he made the move from Roma. At first, we didn't know what to expect. Um, me personally, I don't know about you guys, but. I didn't really have much expectations from him. I, I I always thought he was a decent player. I thought he would he would do well for the team, but there was no pressure from me towards Mo whatsoever until he started getting all those goals, and then you know it it completely changed the dynamics for him. And one would think that you know, considering he came to Liverpool when he was um, 25 or 26, um, and you know he hadn't been the superstar player until. He was um, uh, 25 or 26 years old. And all of a sudden, the whole world is watching you and expecting um, uh, unreal levels of performances uh, week in, week out. I think he's done incredibly well. So big up on him um, uh, for, for keeping up his performances. Um, of course, he's going to have his um, dips every now and then uh, and maybe uh, try to do to you know, keep uh, scoring those goals, um, especially yesterday, as you mentioned, um, and I and I, I completely uh, I didn't think about that until until you you, you mentioned it. But uh, perhaps Sadio Mane not playing was the reason why he he was so good yesterday, uh, because um, he was going to get a bit more of the ball. Uh, perhaps um, his biggest competitor in the team uh, wasn't there to uh, take the spotlight from him and. Um, he, what I liked the most um, about his performance was that um, you know people have this opinion of him, and um, perhaps rightly so in, in in certain games that he can be a bit selfish or he he does try too hard to uh, you know get the goal instead of creating uh, an easier chance. But I thought he worked incredibly hard for the team, especially in the second half, um, and hopefully he can um, continue these kind of performances. Um, when uh, when when we have our full strength squad and when Sadio is uh, back in as well, yeah, he's he's very numbers driven, Chief. You would say with Salah, very numbers driven. He, he wants the goals. He he you know he'll he'll if he was allowed to, he'd probably wrestle James Milner to the ground for the ball or penalty kick if he was allowed to. Um, but. Someone who's not numbers driven, Bobby Firmino. I don't really think he cares loads except going out and having a good time. And if winning means having a good time, then he's all for that as well. And he's been brilliant, and he was brilliant again. You know the 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 piece of skill for the uh, um the piece of skill to take Trent's cross down, keep it in, hold it, turn, lay it off to Origi, um to win the penalty was it's just. Bad outrageously good it's so they're, good they're VAR in it to the minutest because they think he must have handled that there's no way he's done that without handling <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you're going nah he's just that fucking good it's no way yeah and he dicks yeah he's just amazing lads alright put your yeah he did he did just do that <laughs> yeah um, it, it was just it was just phenomenal and he's <sighs> We know the weird only scored away from, from home stat, fine. He'll probably end up the player who scored the most away goals in the league at the end of the season, something he daft will. like that. Um, but He's unlucky not to register another one there. Yeah, again, we talked about the great save from, from Fabianski from a shot, and, you know, yeah. he was. You know, most other goalkeepers, I think that's probably in. But it's... Um, 
it's just so obvious why he is the player's player. You know, he's the ultimate player's player. Everybody talks or everybody talks about him. Henri's never done waxing lyrical about him. Um, and again, he he enables Salah within that performance. Hundred percent, yeah. But he enables. I mean, that's what he's what he's essentially there for. We talked about this, I think, in the last one, and I'm saying, you know, I was saying that not only does he facilitate brilliantly our, you know, our main goal getters who are there to score 20, 25, 30 goals a season, he also is going to weigh in with around about 15 or 16 Premier League goals this season, which is great because he's scoring in other competitions as well. We all know he scored pretty much all the goals in the Club World Cup, the Club World Championship, whatever it was. He scored a few Champions League goals. Um... And who knows, he, if, if we get through in the FA Cup when playing our kids, he, he might score the odd FA Cup goal as well. Um, but, you know, he's absolutely vital to, to this team in terms of the quality that he has, the work that he does. The assist that he creates or or the um, pass before the pass or whatever, I mean, like you said, he doesn't get anything for that um, piece of skill and bit of play. To, he doesn't get a number. He doesn't get an assist. He doesn't get a doesn't get a um, a goal. Maybe it goes on a chance created. I'm not sure. He might get that or something on the stat. But that's not really a, a, a one that people look at so much. Um, but it's vital. He, if he doesn't do that, we don't score that goal. Uh, we don't get the penalty, uh, and that's it. And it, you know, a lot of all this. We've said this before. He has a skill and he has all the tricks of the day, but they're always they're always for a purpose and they're always um, important moments, you know, moments that open a game up, moments that uh, get you the first vital goal or get you the winner. Um, that's what he does, game in, game out. And, uh, yeah, he's the player's player because he has so much quality and he's so selfless with it. It's... Um, it must be a joy to play with him. Yeah, and you know we'll we'll, we'll move away from from West Ham to Southampton. Um, we're going to need him, and we're going to need him on Saturday, Chief. It's it's the form team in the Premier League aside aside us, um, and there's loads of parallels and comparisons. To be drawn between the way the two sides play, um, they come from the same kind of coaching ethos, both Klopp and Hasselhüttl, and they have found momentum and form over the last probably ten games. You would say, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's it is a bit of a, a battle of a battle of wits, sort of. Obviously, these. Guys have uh, locked horns before in the uh, in the Bundesliga, and and actually it's uh, hasn't had been referred to as the Alpine Club. So it's the Alpine Club uh, meeting the the original Black Forest Club this weekend. And um, yeah, you're right; they are the form team aside from us, I believe. Potentially City as well, but you know they're definitely third on the list, if not second. Um, They've won a lot of games now, back to back, and they're not conceding a lot of goals. They are creating chances. They're putting them away. Very high press. They like to play very energetic. Um, it's a very distinctive style, and it's really um, working for them now. They had a poor start to the season. Um, they looked. They, they couldn't buy a win at one point, and they got absolutely humped by um, Leicester City nine nil. Uh, the first 9-0, I think, since we beat Palace 9-0 in 1989-90. Um, but, oh, yeah, it was 89-90. Um, but they righted that shortly afterwards. I think uh, change, the change of goalkeeper seems to have played a, a large part in that, but also it just seems that um, whatever Hasenhutl was, was trying to get them to do in training has, has clicked. And, you know, it's a good enough sample size now to say that um, they are uh, no easy opponents to face. Um, having said that, we shouldn't have too much for them. You would expect us to have too much for them. The caveat 
of talking these these this kind of team up is that you know you can do it with wolves and stuff as well who are on a slightly higher level again or you know a higher level again but you know the one big team they haven't managed to take any points of is off is, is Liverpool and I think you'll probably find that will be the case with Southampton as well. They can certainly worry a Spurs and an Arsenal and um, and even a Manchester United without um, you know uh, that that's fairly normal for them. But I don't see them troubling us too much. Um, it'll be tough. They'll leg us. They, it'll you know we had a game three days ago. They didn't. They're going to be fresher. There's no doubt. Danny Ings definitely has a point to prove uh, for his own sake because he's scored a lot of goals for them. But um, still hasn't had a good game against us. Still, I don't think has scored against us since since leaving the club. Obviously, didn't have such a happy time here with with injuries and luck and um, and just generally not being considered quite of the right standard by by any of the managers concerned. Um, yeah, so, I nearly hope he does score. Personally, I don't. But uh, no, I said nearly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's one of them where if you're an ultra sentimentalist, you might care, you know. But at the end of the day, fuck them. Um, yeah, that's me, mate. I'm all heart, you see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Fucking proper, um, proper uh, heartfelt condolences there for for Danny on his Liverpool career. But no, we did wish him well. He's done really well and good for him. But I don't want him to score against us, and I don't think they will. Uh, I think. We'll go out to all all out to get a, another clean sheet, and because um, I think it means so much to the defenders we have, it, it's it's as important to them as as the three points, you know, the clean sheet. Uh, so I think we'll, we'll be going out to try and do that, and hopefully we've got the energy in our legs to go uh, go again after Wednesday and just uh, get the result. It's a it's a three o'clock Saturday game, so not on TV or anything. Um, it can be tricky, but. You know, we're we're at Anfield. Um, what what more can you say, really? I mean, we haven't lost there since God knows when. Um, so I would, yeah, anticipate a difficult game, but a victory for the Reds, maybe one or two. No, yeah, I can get a board with that. And Chief Chief draws a good point out there, Chengis. Um, they will have had a week's rest and we won't have and it was our you'd say our strongest 11 uh, certainly at the moment bar maybe one question mark uh, Rigi maybe so what does he do does does he go does he go strong again or do you see a couple do you see foresee a couple of changes um well I mean I think you you guys already um, talked about um, their fake up um, stuff uh, in the in the previous part, so don't want to get too much into that. But considering our next game after Southampton um, is going to be Shrewsbury uh, midweek, and um, since you know, especially um, in the um, pre-West Ham press conference. Um, <laughs> The majority of the press conference was mainly about questions about Shrewsbury and if, if he would, you know, perhaps be there himself or if he would change his mind and so on. Um, and he, you know, Klopp made it very clear that, you know, he made his decision. He's not going to turn back on his decision. Um, the players and himself, um, they're going to get um, uh, the, the, the mid-season break. Um, I, I just think that they, they go one more game um, full strength and um, they, they get the job done. Um, as best as because I mean, if you if you look at the um, the recent results um, of Southampton, especially in the last seven games, uh, it's quite impressive. They they beat Palace away. Um, they they lost to Wolves at home, but it was a, a scoreline of three two, so it was quite close. Uh, they you know you mentioned they lost nine nil to Leicester earlier, but the game before um, uh, the Wolves game. Um, they they beat Leicester away from home. Uh, they beat Tottenham at home. Um, they beat Chelsea away from home and Villa away from home. And Villa is also quite a tricky place to go. Um, so and we they play us at Anfield. So I mean we have a great record at Anfield, obviously. 
it's been um, uh, it's been well over a year since we lost um, uh, at Anfield. It's been quite a long time, but um, it could be the case that they they get a goal. You know, Danny Ings um, in great form. He's uh, joined third uh, in, in in the scoring in the score sheets um, uh, in the Premier League with 14 goals, which is really impressive. Um, so I do suspect that they could uh, pose a threat by getting maybe one goal um, at Anfield, but um, I think it should be uh, enough for us to um, get the job done. But you know, it's they definitely are um, uh, the informed team um, after us. Uh, they they've caused us um, some problems in previous years, especially. Uh, in their ground, but we've we've done um, uh, pretty well against them, especially at Anfield. Um, so I think um, it should be should be okay for the players. Um, I, I really can't see Klopp making uh, too much of a change. You could maybe um, um, argue, maybe you could um, have a Fabinho come in um, and start his uh, first Premier League game after his injury um, in the place of um, Oxley Chamberlain. You could maybe argue. Uh, you know, if 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 Minamino is going to, um, uh, you know, be um, joining with the winter break and not playing a part uh, in the FA Cup, then you you could maybe suggest, you know, uh, that he could replace um, uh, Divock uh, in the front three. Uh, but apart from that, I I, I don't really expect um, too many of a change. Just get the job done, uh, get the three points, um, try and keep a clean sheet. Um, and go into that winter break and then uh, get one step closer to uh, lifting number 19. Okay. Sounds good to me. So, three questions for you guys. Yes or no answers. Um, I have a feeling he might make one or two changes. Don't know why. But I'm sure you just have an 11-ish in your head. So, just a yes or no. Fabinho? Yes. Yes. Okay. Minamino? No. Yes. <laughs> Navi? Yes. No. All right, okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, I guess we'll see. So, this team, it doesn't matter who sets foot in the pitch and it doesn't matter how many points we're clear we just seem to just want to go out and win every game and every competition so until after Southampton up the greedy 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 Reds 